2: Love Talk Radio.
3: the game back
0: know what time it is. It is 8.04 on this beautiful Tuesday. We finally got some sun here today in OKC, and I am thankful. Don't know if it's drowsy and dreary where you are, but we have been deep, deep, deep in the overcast uh, abyss over the past few days, so I was happy to see the sun today. We are happy to see you, whether it be live or on on the phone today. Um, We are glad that you decided to spend your Tuesday evening here with us. We are an interactive show. We invite you to give us a call. We invite you to comment on our live feeds. We also invite you to share this show with your friends and your family on whatever platform you are listening to us on. You can call us at 929-477-2304. Press the number one if you want to share your comment live. If you're having some feedback issues, some trouble listening, if you are on Facebook Definitely give us a call on your phone. Headphones in, roam around, do your thing, still catch the show. Um, I believe that is the business. So uh, we are a team here at Coop Radio. As I said, I am Keela Willis. Wait, I don't think I said that. I'm Keela Willis. (laughs) And uh, we've also got Winford Burns. How are you, bro? I am
4: well. How are you?
0: I am doing really well. Running today, but we are in the same. I'm good. Yeah, I saw, I saw you were. Uh, I saw you was at the at the choir with the choir. Yeah, yeah. My baby was singing this evening. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I have got another post. Yeah. <laughs> Del City Choir was getting it in this evening. There's sweet taste of jazz conversation. It was nice. Very nice.
5: That's
0: what's up. Yeah. Mm mm-hmm. mm. Kels, how you doing, sis? Doing well over here
5: trying to get my lives together. But. <laughs> good, good. What's up,
0: Kel's Live? Kel's Live is always lit, like super lit. Sometimes she can't reply to us, but reply to the live. So, we, what's up right. to everybody?
2: Else? Kel's I'm is gonna Live.
4: I need my yeah. live to be on it tonight. Kel's making me look bad.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> live. That.
4: Kill the live, be popping. My, my live be all night, extra nice, and and, and save. I got the same live. That's what it is. All the all the same folks come
2: to my live. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the party up to my
6: live. Bring
0: the party. <laughs> party over here. All right. <laughs> That's dope. All right. Well, we have got our intros out of the way, and again, welcome to everyone. We are glad you are here. We've got a super uh, controversial <laughs> topic. <that> we're gonna <laughs> bring go in and let Wayne get on to it. What you got for us, bro?
4: Yeah. So tonight in the news, we go in the news. Let's talk about. We're gonna talk about um, our favorite uh, school psychologist.
2: Slash...
4: Our favorite? <laughs> I'm, I'm starting off nice here. Come on. We're talking <laughs> Dr. Umar. So, for those who, Dr. Umar Johnson, um, who we're going to call him our favorite. Yes, that's what we call our favorite school psychologist, slash Pan Africa, the Prince of Pan Africa, um, yes. descendant of Marcus Garvey, Dr. Umar. Yeah. And so, um, Yeah, so Dr. Umar, if you guys remember, has been collecting money uh, to open up a Pan-African school, the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey uh, School for Pan-Africanism, and he just um, released last, was it last week, last Saturday, that they have finally come up with enough money and a location. Um, If you remember, they were, he tried to get the uh, school and I want to like... North Carolina or something like that and and that didn't work out, and then he didn't have money for another enough money for another place, and so now he's got a place, and now he's asking for more donations so he can get this school up and running and so my question um when I saw this was my immediate thought was, i mean I you know are we still rocking with with Dr Umar <laughs> or have we, you know, have we, like, said we're not fooling with, with you no more, Doc? We're uh, we we, we we're beyond you, Doc. We, we're not trusting you. We're not giving you any, any more of our money. So what I wanted to know from our listeners as well as from um, Q and Kels, I want to know, so what do y'all, like, do you believe this? Do you still think he should do it? Uh, what Do you think this is something that's still good for the culture? Um, do you think it's good for the culture, but you need somebody else because you don't trust him? Like, tell me your thoughts. I'm going to start with Kels, and then we'll we're we'll, we'll go to Q. What's your thoughts, Kels?
6: Um, first thought is I'm glad that he raised the money if he has the money to make his vision come to fruition. My second thought is that I don't know if I really believe he has everything he needs to open the school um when he came to Oklahoma City, I was motivated. I believed in the vision. I signed up to be on a couple of committees, and um he gave out his number that you could text him if, you know you can have you need more information and just from sort of kind of being involved and donating, um I just didn't feel like. Everything that he preached was really happening. So, uh, if it comes to fruition, I will support it. I'll, you know, be happy. But I'm kind of skeptical if it's really going to come to pass.
4: So, let me ask you this: as a as someone who has donated, have you heard anything? Like, about where you're, like, how much, anything, where the donations have gone? Has anything been communicated, what's been communicated as someone who has donated?
6: I haven't received any notifications. Um, If I, when I saw the video, I saw it on social media, like everyone else, I don't get a special email or a letter or a text or anything saying what was happening. Which Hmm. I, you know, really wasn't expecting, but it took so long to get to this place that I understand, you know, there might be changes in the team and things like that. But no, I didn't get anything special, or you know, no kind of inside uh, messages to know any any more than anyone else at this point.
4: So let me let me make sure I understand. So just what you're saying. Since the moment you donated, you haven't heard anything until this video that dropped that everybody else saw too. That is correct.
0: Okay. Wow. okay. Q, what's your thoughts? Go ahead. I think that's extremely tacky, first of all. <laughs> the fact that like <laughs> that right there, very tacky. Um rude, 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 Doctor Umar. Okay, um, Aside back to your original question, I don't have very much faith in him as the leader of this movement. I feel at this point he's gotten somewhat, um, it's we hear too much about him, in my opinion, and not enough about everything else that he needs to be doing. And as far as the bare bones of it, aside from what I'm just over, as far as hearing the Scandal that surrounds him because I recognize that that may or not be his own doing. You know, we go digging for stuff sometimes, and that can keep your name in mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his own actions surrounding this school and his initiative has run me wrecked. Like I'm frustrated with him knowing we can't talk about the criticism that he knows black people get when we try and do things like this, and then do what he's doing. Like it just don't make sense. And then continually asked us for money to support him. So, Mm -hmm. like, I don't even feel bad at this point for being skeptical because he had me. Like, he had my money. I paid money for um, when he came. I was very excited, like, over-the-moon excited to bend at the event when he came here to Oklahoma City and spoke. And then it was, like, and I was turned off by his team even before we left the event. I don't remember if you guys even remember me sharing that interaction with his team. Um, but it it does not surprise me that this is happening, people are side eyeing and that if we're talking more about his past issues than his current victories with stream air quotes. Um, that we, we could be celebrating if this had different places around again.
4: Yeah. So let me okay, so let me I'll tell you my thoughts. First of all, let me tell you, uh so on my live Teresa yeah. says um, he's tainted. He's tainted it too much already, and she's giving him the side eye. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that, that's that's her thought. I I think that. So my initial thought was 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 very similar. Like you, his his process has not been good. Um, he hasn't communicated well, but then the other side of me thought, um, kind of like what we talked about before. Number one, are we being harder on him? because um, of the expectation we have. Um, we have, And even if his execution has not been flawless or right, because having been someone who's thrown events um, and not executed properly, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. So even though he should have communicated, even though there is some drama, all that kind of stuff, should we still say this is because we need these kinds of school, or if you think we need them, um, should we still support them? That, so I, I kind of, I thought through both of those. And I think for me, um, the the thing that I, to this moment, am still unsure about and what kind of concerns me is everything like, and I, I attribute some of this to him, maybe not having a business background or I don't know, but, when you say, I need more money, how much do you need?
2: Mm-hmm. And what
4: are we doing with it? Like, mm-hmm. let, I think that that's the thing that I need to know. Like, I know you starting a school, but do you need $1.5 billion at this point so you can hire teachers, so you can, you know, ABCD, whatever. Like, tell people that so that way yeah. at least we know what's going on at this point. And, um, and yeah, give give us that Teresa. Give us a business plan. So, so I think yeah, just yeah. like let us know what's going on. Like my goal is to raise, you know, X amount of money so we can. Because in the video, all he says is we still need a lot, and it does. I mean, if you look at the as he's walking in, you can see that the school needs a lot of work. Um, but tell us that. Tell us what you need mm-hmm. the money for. Tell us how much you need. You know, give us something that we can see so we can, we can get behind you and support you because ultimately people want to feel like they're a part of it.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I
6: think just on that uh, line before I forget, you know, even if you need work on the school and things like that, with all of the, you know, uh, seminars he put on and and volunteers that he's collected over the years, you would think there would be people who, who would say, Hey, I'm a contractor. Um, let me come out and do a quote. For you. you know, I just can't mm-hmm. see that there aren't people in his network that he can call to at least get quote. Um, even like Teresa says, uh, get a business plan together, get something, some kind of communication that's more concrete. Now, I will, and the reason I'm, you know, was kind of on the fence because he does communicate. Uh, not try to throw shade, but you know. <laughs> I remember when I sent a text um, about one of the committees I was on that was supposed to be doing something in Oklahoma City, he was started. We mm-hmm. had a, a few words, a little mini conversation, and then I felt kind of indifferent because he was like, Did we take a picture at the conference? Can you send the picture?
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And so I feel like, you know, after sending the picture, if I would have been, you know, this. Fancy, or you know, I don't know, been his type, and I'm putting in an air quote or something like that. That I, you know, maybe something more would have happened, or I would have gotten more information. But I just thought to was kind of odd to be like, okay, we're trying to talk business, and you asked me to send a picture.
2: Like, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Okay. But, Tiffany
6: I says think she's
2: like,
4: happy on my live. What'd you say? On my live, Tiffany says she's happy for him. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: Yeah. I think it's needed. I mean, my thing is, I think it's needed. So,
0: I
2: think
0: think we should definitely support um, the idea of a school. And I think there is still some possibility of supporting him if his behavior changes. Meaning, you know, along the lines of what you said, as far as providing the quote, you know, showing more, having more transparency around what this additional ask is for,
2: um,
0: you know, what Kels just mentioned, I actually remember that conversation and we thought that was kind of silly then and then we had to share the picture, you know, when you sent the picture back, we were like, oh, okay, interesting, um, but, you know, those types of things. You have to show some growth. You have to have a little humble, you know, show that you recognize, acknowledge that people are skeptical. You know what I mean? Don't flip it back and point the blame like we tripping and the people just ain't here for you. And, you know, that's not what happened. Own the position that you put yourself in, that you put your vision in. We rocked with the position the first time. We didn't ask for proof. All we went with was the emotion and the need for it. We knew there was a need for it and said, you know what, you're right. Let's back this brother who's doing something. Now that you done got a couple coins, you done had a couple years past us because we're working on this church fund type situation now. We're coming up on those type of timelines now. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. we've done all the things that the, that the culture was supposed to do to say we rock with you. Now mm-hmm. we need to Show that you rock with us that you're not insulting our intelligence by keep asking us and pulling on our heartstrings and our purse strings without showing us no paper. I need some paper now, now we need that paperwork, you know. So, I don't really feel like you should feel some type of way or even feel any level of guilt for questioning his plan at this point.
2: It's time,
4: yeah. And I I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't question or feel wouldn't, don't think anyone should feel guilt for asking questions about. Where their mm-hmm. money is going. Right. If you're donating. Yeah. I think you have a right to. You are well within your rights, and that's to him, to your church, to mm-hmm.
2: you
4: know, to say what are we doing with the money. So I, I don't. I don't have an issue with that. So for both of you, do you think? So if he comes out and says, and for our listeners, our live listeners too, um, this is I, again, like I said before, I need one point five. I need two million dollars. Um, it's gonna cost us X amount to do this, X amount to do this, and it equals up to two million, blah, blah, blah. And so if he starts communicating, would you start giving? I would,
6: if it, yeah, mm-hmm. if it was a an official I don't even wanna use that word. If it was some some type of communication that that's tandem. You know, whether it's sending an email out are you know sending you know plans remodeling something that shows that there's some thought and a team and mm-hmm. some kind of movement to take things to the next step? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Are we being let me and I'm again are we being harder on Dr. Umar because he because he because he's black? I'm hard on everywhere
0: <laughs> I send my clients.
4: No, <laughs> nope. I mean, he's as a not, and not us as the three of that, us. I'm saying, do you think as a culture as, that we're being harder on him because, um, because a because he's black, b because you know we're start. I mean, what's the do you, do you think that there's any type of because we we said that we think that as business owners, the three of us are business owners, that there is a different way that we are treating we treat business owners. So are we treat giving him that same thing that we think that we feel as as entrepreneurs.
0: Mm, not at this
2: point, uh-uh. Yeah. Not, not he's at said- this stage no. Yeah, he's
6: not, he's not providing a service yet. He's not providing us with anything yet for us to be able to say that this is some type of, um, um, you know, misplaced distrust. Right. And he's not new.
0: He's not new yeah. to what he's doing. Dr. Umar is not a new face. He's not building a following. He's not getting his foot in the door in places. We've seen him on national stages. We've been watching his videos forever. You know what I'm saying? So he's not necessarily, I don't classify him still as like a small business. Had he worked that right, he could be a much bigger business than what he is. So that then falls, in my opinion, as a small business owner, you know, back on how hard did you hustle? And what were you hustling? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, what was your product? Because it wasn't that damn school. You know, we know it wasn't a school. So, you know, that was the hook. But his product, in my opinion, has never been that school. And that's why he's in this situation. So, no, I don't feel we're harder on him. And I, and another question, as far as that's concerned, we we say we're excellent, okay? We as a people are excellent. We have to decide where our error, where our modicum of error is. Where are we going to allow that before we can be critical? Before we can speak to what we need to fix? We can't Mm -hmm. not be coachable and still say we're excellent all the time. Like, those two things don't go together. We have to be realistic with ourselves as a people as far as what are we gonna say doesn't work. Not all businesses are gonna work just because they're black. And not all businesses are supposed to continue to get supported just because they're black. You still have to be accountable and do your work. So no, we ain't hard on him. You gotta help him okay. harder. And the right
2: says
4: thank you, Tiffany says, Yes, we are harder on him more than our politicians. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I think that we are I think we are harder on him at this point, um, just because ever since the whole incident with him and the and the, the stripper whatever thingy, I think we've gotten harder on him. Um, and I but I also at the same time think that we should or he should give us more information. Like mm-hmm. again, if you're coming back asking people people for money, you got to tell them. I mean that's just like to me, that's no different than, you know, a couple. It was maybe a couple of weeks ago we were having when we were having a conversation. And y'all were asking me something about the conference, and I was like, "Oh shoot, I never gave y'all these numbers," and I had to give y'all the information. And at that point, y'all was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think I think that there is, you know, a um, there's a level of accountability as leaders that we know that we gotta have, especially when it comes to our people and money. So
2: that's and
6: just that's just to comment on the, you know, on his scandal, we were still rocking with him after the scandal.
2: Yep. Yep.
6: Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Was, on him. I think we, I think he got harder for him when he was having that battle. I can't think of the other gentleman's name. When he was having that beef that's with him. the other
2: citizens. Yep, that oh. yeah, mm-hmm.
6: yeah. I think yeah. some of his, his um, credibility fail when all of that was going on and then when people started asking about the four hundred million, uh, when he I guess reached that mark and people were asking questions and he couldn't it wasn't given answers. That's when it got tougher for him. So it really wasn't just, you know, we're we're hard on him because he's a black leader, it's just that we gave him a chance and he he failed. And and, you know, second chances should be given, but I think but he, he got, made this business.
4: You need to give he us a, Yeah. I hear you. you need, we need receipts, is what you're saying. I, I hear you. We need receipts, Dr. Ubar. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, that's my time. That's the news tonight. So, we're going to uh, move into our first song of the night. Um, this section was brought to you, actually, was brought to you by the Ma- uh, the Global Drive Network Scoop Nation um, Masquerade Ball that's going to be held um, March the 23rd in Oklahoma City. Um, So just like maybe 30 minutes before the show started, um, I launched a weekend sale that started today. Um, So from today until Sunday at midnight, um, we are, I'm giving uh, $30, tickets for the event are $30 a piece. So you can go to the Eventbrite page, um, uh, the event, what is it? Yeah, I'll put the link on the page, I'm sorry. Uh, But go to the Eventbrite page and get the tickets for $30 a piece and it's only going to be again until Sunday then after that they go back up to regular prices so uh, our first song for the night is by Big Rob Clay it's called Bye Bye and then after this uh, Kells is going to get us into the hot topic and you definitely don't want to go anywhere for this one Um, so we'll be right back on the Scoop Radio show right after this (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs>
6: uh we went a, I went a little different uh route this time for hot topics um it usually falls into the relationship realm, so I thought we'd do something different I uh, had a very interesting question posed uh posted by our very own win um and remember you said you were having a conversation with your jehovah jehovah's witness friends
2: mm-hmm. and
6: um I guess in the midst of that conversation, uh, there was some discussion about heaven and hell. So the question, or there's two questions actually, do you believe that there is a heaven and hell, and what do you think happens when we die? And I think it's an often question. We often um, shy away from religious topics, um, but again, I, I think this is something that is dear to a lot of us, and it's okay to talk about it. So, whoever wants to go first, I'll let you guys choose. Who wants to Who wants
2: to answer the questions first? Q. I knew that was coming. All right. Um.
0: So personally, I believe that we live many, many lifetimes. So the definite of there's a definite end and a definite
1: beginning.
0: I have gone out of that thought process. So when we leave in my you know, when we leave our earthly selves, I believe we move into a different space. Um where we end up, I believe, depends heavily upon how good a human or how good you are currently. Um in this life. Were you a good person? So I think that comes into the heaven and hell portion of it all. You know, if you live right, if you are good, if you do good, be good, then you become, you know, you get to elevate to this next level of life. Um, And then if you are such a person, then the opposite happens. (laughs) Um, But uh, I am still learning in this thought process. I've learned a lot about my faith, my spirituality over the past few years. But um, in that knowledge, I have, in a lot of ways, adjusted my thought process on the definition and the the permanency of heaven and hell as I was taught as a young child. So ask me in a year, and I could probably have more to say on that <laughs> and I have a little more knowledge surrounding it. But yeah, that's kind of where I fall in that. Can I ask a question? Sure.
4: As a, what were you taught as a growing? You say they're different What were you taught growing up?
0: That there is a heaven and there is a hell. You follow God and you'll end up in heaven. If you do wrong, you're going to hell. That's essentially okay. the gist of it all. That okay. was the girl. but my mom helped to move that along as well because she's not as uh, traditional in her Christianity. <laughs> so, But, yeah. you know, coming with my grandmother, like at the base of my, I didn't know about church and all that until I moved here in 89 at like six years old. So, yeah, okay. a few different thought processes <laughs> in my lifetime.
6: <laughs> yeah. Um. I go next because I know Whimpered over there. He must got something stuck in the broom. Yeah, but you feel
2: that, right? No. <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm just listening. No, uh uh-uh. uh. I'm actually here. Um, <laughs> uh, my personal,
6: My personal opinion I do still believe that there is a heaven and a hell. Um, As I've matured and researched. Um, you know, different denominations and non-denominational churches and just uh, my own experience with spirituality, I do believe that there are final places. But (laughs) I also believe that the final place is not the end as soon as we die. Because if we, if you we grew up in church and you, and you learn about um, the signs of the times and things like that in Revelation, there's all of these different, like, steps to take to get to the end of time.
0: So mm-hmm.
6: I don't necessarily think that our energy will continue on, but I do believe that we die more than once per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I believe it. that like, I believe that with deja vu and premonitions and things like that, I believe they come from different lifetimes.
2: Mm-hmm. So and that's just something
6: it. personal. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't okay. know if I want to call it the incarnation because I don't know if I believe that you can wake up and, you know, that your next lifetime you may be a cow. I just believe that people mentioned energy. I don't even know if I've ever used the term energy, but I believe that we have experienced things beyond realms of time. Mm. So I, I have a mixture because it's hard for me to, to let go of what I've, what I've been raised to be. And, you know, since my parents are still very deep in ministry, um, I, I can't let all of that go, so I do believe that there is a final destination, but that it won't occur until the end of time, until the you know the the end of the the world as we know it is when we would go to your final destination. But I think that the, that we have more than one lifetime.
4: Okay, and. So Q, back to Q real quick, and then I'm going to get my my question, or my answer. Do you, so, two things. Do you believe so you believe in reincarnation or do you believe, yeah, do you believe in reincarnation? Uh,
0: yes, and, uh, but I also agree with what Kel said as far as the whole cow thing. <laughs> I think it is. You don't I, believe, I, like, don't you know,
4: come back to something so, higher or lower based upon how well you live.
0: Yeah, but yeah. it's more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay and so that when when still you still be my that the... go ahead sorry so you
4: believe like are we come back as energy like that stays around or do we come back in a bodily form
0: no i like so check this out it's hard for me to say a we i can't speak for a we okay and that's a part of where i'm growing and i i so it's hard for me to answer that on a we space Me personally, I feel like I have lived multiple lifetimes. I think that speaks into a lot of the way that I think, the wisdom that I have, the insight that I have, into things like that. And then as I've grown in my spirituality, some of the other things that have revealed themselves to me, that there's no other way that I would know or have understanding of this if not had experiencing them in some other space. Okay. Hope I didn't lose anybody or go too deep in that, but that's my experience with this thought process, you know, I don't have any other explanation for it other than that.
2: And okay.
0: that's not how I feel about that. But yeah. Okay.
4: okay. So first, let me say thank you, Kelly, for choosing this topic. Okay. Even though no. when I was like, oh,
2: dang
4: it. <laughs> uh, because this is a this is a very polarizing topic. However, mm-hmm. one of the things I want people who listen to us and, and watch us to understand is this is the ex- these topics and these kind of discussions are the exact reason why we do this show. Because the three of us can have three completely different opinions and still love and honor and respect each other. So, mm-hmm. Which was the point of the discussion that I had yesterday with my Jehovah's Witness friends when we started talking about this. Um, they shared with, I had some misconceptions about their beliefs in eschatology. They had some differences in mind. We actually found that even though um, that the scriptures that we used to determine what we believe were pretty much the same scripture, we just viewed them in some, a little different ways, which was, again, a very eye-opening conversation for me. So anyway, that. My what I thought I do believe um that there is a heaven and hell I believe that there is a heaven and hell here, and I think that there is a heaven and hell later i th- I believe that the heaven and hell That hell is um, um ultimately that when the bible talks about hell hades. Other places like uh, Gehenna, Lake of Fire, that those ultimately are places that um, communicate an existence that is separate from the presence and provision and protection that one has when they are with God. And so I believe that once a person dies... That we do enter depending on when when you die um that you do go into a tells you know, you mentioned um like a, um, a a different state that depending on when you die, you could go into that until as as scripture talks about the dead in Christ rise et cetera et cetera so the hell here again, I believe is also the same thing, a separation from God, um, and the reason I say that is I also believe I don't believe in that when we are resurrected I actually have like the same skin that I have on right now,
2: mm-hmm. and so
4: if I don't have physical skin and I am a spirit or as Q would say or would say an energy or some people say an energy, then burning does nothing for us my spirit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't what's burning. Yeah. So so that's you know, to me that is kind of where I kinda of how I get to that. Along with some other stuff I don't have time to explain. Um yeah. I think I think that I don't want to use the word allegory, but I think that there's poetry in scripture that lets us know heaven, streets paved with gold curly gates are all, you know, mansions are all opulent places. It's talking about opulence, the presence, the, you know, the 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 um, relief of stress of lack, you know, not having to worry about lack is what I think that's getting to hell. Being away from God, not having, you know, fellowship with um, not being able to have fellowship with your brothers and sisters, like those to me is hell. And that is a now right. and. Right. Later
0: thing. That's what I think. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I have a follow-up, but I want to share these comments before they get pushed off my live. So I
2: <laughs> want <laughs> get them out my live.
0: Um, Please, Please put your comments if you're on our lives. Yes. Yeah. Very yes,
1: good
0: yes, comment very going on. Um, so, so William, Brother William Trotter is joining us this evening. It's been a while, so I'm happy to share his thoughts. Um, William says he personally does not believe that such places exist. Um, he thinks he thinks we go back to where we came from, and that we're just added back to the void. He says, while I don't consider myself a religious person, I do believe I do believe that there is a God. But in my life experiences, heaven and hell just don't add up. And um, I can I can understand that. I actually know quite a few people who. Say that they they can identify a spirit, but the the heaven and hell of it all gets questionable. Um, he also oh he just gets sent me another comment. He says the fact that we are God created gives me a reason to believe that God equipped each of us the tools to navigate our lives bountifully if we pay attention to what is innate in us through being creations of God. So that's like a tap in, like a call to tap in, mm-hmm. sounds like he's saying. Um, so my question, thank you, Will, for those, for those follow-ups and your comments. Um, my question to you, Win, is coming from a place that we are and have an understanding of God, even if we have, moved, I mean, of um, God, and even if we have adjusted our levels of that understanding, we have a, a very basic foundation of God, heaven, hell, right, wrong, those things. For the people in this world who have not been exposed to that, who do not um, know it like we know it, what does that where does that leave be them? Do they default to hell? Is that a limbo situation? You know, because we have these conversations, I could see it as excluding people who are still walking, who are who have yet to figure that out. Or for those who have lost loved ones and know they felt a different type of way. How do we reconcile that? You know what I'm saying, or how would we um explain that when if you don't have a definite this is a God that I am living a right life for how how do you how do you how would you explain that to someone
4: um, so let me make sure I'm answering the right question. You're saying so if somebody never hears about God, um how can they basically how can they be held accountable for not choosing God?
0: Right, because we have all of these rules that align us as good Christians, or good people who follow God. If someone's never been given the rule book, you know, how are they, how do they qualify?
4: So, um, so to that, to that person, I would say two things. Number one. Um, scripture tell says that in that instance, that first of all, that part of the reason that God that God is delaying his coming is is so that everybody would have the opportunity to make that decision.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: To those who don't, um who don't, I can't definite for sure say they are or are not. My personal I don't have any Bible that says what's gonna happen. My personal belief
2: mm-hmm.
4: is that you aren't held accountable for what you don't know. So if you've never been experienced this thing or been explained it to, I don't think that God is like, well, oh, well, you ought to look. Burn Mm -hmm. forever. I (laughs) understand it like that. I understand it as, because I can also put into that, for example, babies, babies who are born Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, you know, pass some seeds or something like that. Like, I don't see babies in that position going to, because you don't have knowledge of it. So you haven't made a decision um, to turn away from God. I think that's what it is. People who have, I think the hell that the Bible talks about, and it talks about how hell was created for Satan and the one third of his angels who made a conscious decision that they no longer wanted to follow God. And so that's what that place is is designed for, or who that place is designed for.
0: Oh, I've got another question on that, but okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> i was just, gonna, just that to to that,
6: that. Even most of us in our in our religious backgrounds have, you know, you hear that term, you know, babies and fools. So a fool is someone who doesn't know. So someone who doesn't know is protected. So babies and fools are protected as far as what we've learned. Um, I know growing up, you know, Church of God in Christ, that's, you know, basically uh, the just of it. So if a person doesn't know,
2: never heard of it, he would
6: be, considered, you know, a fool, for lack of a
2: better term, um, to not know it.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to read one comment from the I was interested it says, of course, I do not I do not believe in hell or heaven as presented by both Protestant and Catholic branches of Christianity. I think that the reward and punishment paradigm have been around since the earliest organized religions have been in existence. Sure. To, to cut down the typing, I would say that the and care myth, mythology of the promise of a good and bad afterlife is the exact same tool used to motivate children to do chores around the house, etc., One thing those Jehovah's Witnesses founders did was strip back some of the standard Christian dogma on many topics with good old-fashioned, basic theological scholarship. Um, I disagree with the last part. I'll say that by the way.
4: The first part I completely
2: agree with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
6: Now, and then uh, when you you asked did he believe? you know, what did he believe happens after a person dies. He says, I'm not sure, but I've been it for a few minutes once and on the precipice of it just recently. I'm inclined to believe that it's just over and that our focus should be on this great gift that we have in our cognitive life. All that I'm sure is that energy can be destroyed. It merely changes form. That in and of itself is worthy of a great discussion on the various probabilities that open for our spiritual energy and whether it... And whether it not how cognizant that energy is or not. Um, another person says they don't believe there's a hell. Um, when asked uh, about what happens when a person dies, the same person says, "I believe that our bodies are made of all the elements in the universe, and what and what's keep up alive is the source known as energy. We know this because we get we get it from the sun. Even we rely on this source." Now, based on the law of thermodynamics, I think our life will live in another form. Um, In conclusion, our ancestors didn't believe the concept of Hmm. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. I always, um, when we have these types of discussions, we amongst ourselves, the three of us, as well as in larger forums, I always wonder about those people who, especially after you said those who turn away from God, who make the choice to turn away from God. I always wonder, (laughs) does God ever ask why? You know what I mean, or ask deeper, what are they turning away from? Oh, I'm sure. I'm
7: I'm sure. You know what
0: I'm saying? Like, is it? it, Or do we, before we say, oh, that's this person is going to hell? Because I think there's still. For some people, there is an understanding, and that's where a lot of the debate comes in when it comes to the heaven or hell, God or no God, religious versus spiritual, you know, those different, those de- defining lines. You can say, I am not here for, for all the boxes and rules and what we've been told by man that God said, but I can still find in His word the principles that I think were being taught. And live by those and still feel that I am serving my purpose, serving God, serving the word based on what it was intended. Um, but when we definite when we hardwire it to the Bible, I think that's what turns some people off because we have already known that there's some things in the Bible that are not always Accurate, or leave some room for more understanding, and have been interpreted all kinds of different ways. So when we have these kinds of conversations, I think that we it it, it would be really it, it would be more um, growing if we have deeper questions. We ask deeper questions into what are you turning away from? What part? You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm sure God knows. You did clarify that was a, that was a yeah we should ask more questions before we stop listening when we hear I, I breathe differently or I practice differently. You know, my yep. walk is different than yours.
2: Yep.
4: I think so. So, Okay, so Tiffany on, on my live asked, what about um, when Jesus says um, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth? What, what does that mean when Jesus says that? So let me respond to that and then I'm responding to that. So I think um, when he says that, you know, yeah, to, so hell. to the whole um separation, like weeping and gnashing of teeth, meaning just like uh, the Bible talks about how like Lazarus was asking for a you know, uh, touching the tip of my tongue because it's you know, I think again, that is a whole example of you will feel the pain of this separation. That's the simple answer, yeah. Mm-hmm uh um, cue to your question. I I totally agree. Um because first of all, most of as, as Marion says on, on the post, and I don't first of all I want to say that this must be a momentous day that me and Marion agree on something. Uh, but <laughs> but he says he says that hell was made up by the Catholic Church. I am part of, I think the a lot of the two things, the two biggest ways that most of us understand hell are through the way the Catholic Church has, has taught us, and number two, through Dante's Inferno. So if you ever read the book Dante's Inferno, a lot of us, a lot of people took that as Bible theology or, or eschatology about hell when it's just a book. So I mm-hmm. think, and then I also think we have to realize that there are a lot of cultural dynamics that are at play because even in, as somebody said on the post about our African spirit, spirituality that some cultures in from our ancestors believed um in a form of hell it was different than what we would the Catholic Church would call or Dante Inferno would call hell, but there was still a form of hell that was in place same thing with Native American culture they have their so all of these cultures have some mm-hmm. form of of hell and and um and so we gotta kind of wade through all of that. So that's why I totally agree with you to your point of what are you turning away from? For me, I think the biggest thing is, and I know we got three minutes, gonna so make this quick, is the issue of sin. That's the biggest thing for me. is 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 not so much hell, but dealing with sin. And as a Christian, we believe that Jesus took care of that. And so when people say some things to me that don't include that, I am, I question, what do you, so what do you, what do you do with sin? And if you don't believe in sin, then Mm -hmm. to me, logically, what you say makes sense then. Like, if you don't believe that, that there is, you know, that there is sin and there's a need for, you know, whatever for sin, you know, pardon Mm -hmm. for sin, then okay, then it makes sense to me that you don't see the necessity the necessity of a savior in jesus that makes sense to me now what god does with that i have no clue right right, no clue <laughs> like i really don't know i can tell you my <laughs> opinion but you're religious anyway y'all go i'm done okay kelly i'm gonna shut up
1: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right so i've got one more live comment that i want to get out um <clears throat> brandon uh hey look at- says, I believe, it's okay, <laughs> you are right. He says, I believe hell is the closest description man can use to explain the spiritual disconnection that is felt once you realize you are living outside of universal universal slash spiritual law. Hell as a place is highly improbable. Hell as a spiritual mental bondage daily is my perspective on that concept. That was my brother's comment.
2: Okay. You,
0: okay.
6: And okay. I, I think that con- kind of what Winford mentioned, something like that when he was giving his initial answer uh, about there being two types of... Hell. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to get out before we have to wrap up we only got like two minutes, y'all. Um, Sorry. With with over, that,
2: minutes. Yeah, we're
6: good. Was <laughs> um, that, you know, there is a scripture, and I obviously I am not a Bible scholar, so Winford may have to help me on this, um, where it talks about that there won't be everybody in the world won't make it to heaven. Basically, Um I can't mm-hmm. remember. I, I want to say it gives an exact number of how many people will make it to heaven, and then it, you know, it all it talks about how hell will enlarge itself, you know, three times or whatever. I and I'm super paraphrasing. Not as bad as Medea, but I know I'm, not, I'm probably getting up. <laughs> uh, and so when we, when you go through, when you learn that as a child, and I always had questions about the end of the world, because I, I got to tell y'all this funny story. So when I was growing up, I was very scared of storms. And, you know, growing up in the church, the only time I had ever heard the word hell was like a fire. Mm-hmm. So the first time I remember, like it was yesterday, I was probably about five years old. We had this big bay window in our house, and I remember the weatherman. We was in a storm or tornado, and the weatherman saying that it was hell falling. And all I heard, was, y'all know, I acted a fool. And I remember my mom uh dragging me to that window, and I'm thinking, why is she taking me to hell? Why? Is she,
1: me? And, and
6: she was trying to show me what weather hell was. <laughs> so I just. But anyway, um, when we learn that type of deal, it makes us think that we're special or we have to be so strict in religious ways because we don't think everybody's going to make it. I want to be in that number. We have songs that talk about being in that number. And um, I've said this quote before. One thing I really just re- uh, thought was neat that my dad tried to explain to us about being religious and believing in these things, even if it's not um concrete or as we interpret it, is that religion is essentially there for, one, for us to have hope, and two, for us to stay on the straight and narrow. To if there, you know, if there isn't a heaven or our hell, then great. But what if there is? It's just, mm-hmm. it's a and he always says that, you know, living like you want to live and not worrying about tomorrow is you walking on the edge of a cliff. And he's like, who wants to walk on the edge of a cliff your whole life? Religion and spirituality and following rules just makes you safe in this journey of life. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna uh, leave with that. I think Tay was even mentioning on my live that you know everyone isn't gonna walk the streets of gold in heaven. Mm-hmm. and heaven, uh, and you know if people will get kicked out. Even like Michael got kicked out of heaven, so. I just think that's something else for us to think about, uh when we're when we're having these religious conversations. I do think it's a very good conversation because you, you learn about people. You learn what people people's belief systems are, you know mm-hmm. or how to communicate effectively. Yeah. you learn, you know, what's mm-hmm. gonna offend them or not. So thank you guys for your answers. I think I learned a little more about my co host here, so I appreciate that. So mm-hmm. hot topic is easy to be brought up. It's always brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing. Curvy Kitten is more than a clothing line. It's a movement. A movement to realize that loving all of our curves, no matter what size, is the foundation for loving each other. You can get you some Curvy Kitten today at www.curvykittensenest.com. So that brings us to our next song, which is. Our
2: jizzam,
6: Is <laughs> it <Isn't> our
2: jizzam?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl Love <laughs> a conditional,
2: conditional by T. The Truth Featuring Tony Jones mm-hmm. Let's go oh, yay. Uh-huh. Oh, yay. Yay. What we got right now oh, for yay. you
3: No, I'm not perfect, no I made my mistakes, no But all I want is love unconditional Love unconditional I don't deserve it, no But it would be It don't matter who you are, you still need love. I remember feeling empty, thinking what it was. I needed to treat it the meaning and give me purpose. Without that unconditional love, I just felt worthless. On the surface looking good, but deeply I'm in a battle made a choice to follow the streets and slaughter my peaches like the cattle. and I'm stressing, here's the lesson. It's a hard pill to swallow when you realize that ain't no love up in a bottle. Keep trying to sound like I'm preaching, but to the ones I'm reaching, love was meant for us all. If not, then why we seek it, feeling defeated and broken when it's gone. Plutch you pain in your heart and you're feeling so alone. I've been there, that's why I'm speaking from experience. Somebody loves you even deeper than you think it is. I'm serious, the message if you're curious. Praying that you're hearing this. The type of love I'm talking about is nothing. I'm not perfect, no, made my mistakes, no, but all I want is love unconditional, love unconditional, I don't deserve it no, but it would be worth it, all All I want is love care yeah, all the time, don't I make mistakes. Thank my mama who prayed, gotta keep my baby safe. That's unconditional love, cause no, I didn't deserve it. I was breaking the heart and doing dirt on purpose. Until the night
1: she cried, it changed how I felt inside. On 21st of Minnesota, from a G to a soldier,
3: homies looking at me different. Saying I didn't change, but this ain't how I remember it. The rule of the game is stay alive and be there for your fam. You gotta go all up for yours, I hope you understand. You ain't gonna get it on your own, you need to make a plan. But it just won't work at all, leaving out that man You know what I'm saying Cause when I speak on, I know somebody weak on If they can't help you be strong, you gotta tell them be gone Get gone, get gone, They mean to say it twice Wanna say up in my life, you gotta love me like Christ That's unconditional Yay. That's unconditional Yay. Yay. Hope you really understand what that means Say, same, same Unconditional uh-huh. I can know I can I know No, I'm not perfect. No. Made my mistakes, no. But all I want is love and Love and I don't deserve it, no. But it would be worth it all. All I want is love and
0: Brandon, I am checking. I will holla back. So (laughs) that was our whole song. That is like the scoop second anthem
2: right there, like
0: it is a forever in the rotation jam. Okay, love unconditional. Um, and we will be sharing how you can get that on your playlist as soon as when get that in my inbox and I will share that. Okay, so without further ado, it is time for the reason why we are all here, the nitty gritty of this thing on this evening. Um, and we've got a new guest, so I'm super excited. But um, I want to tell you a little bit about her before we do that. Um, this segment, first of all, y'all, I'm all over the place. That jam got me, like, in a good, happy place. Got me all over the place. Anyway, okay, so this segment is brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is always our specialty. Um, right now, we've got some new products online. We've got a system still running our sex Butter. As well. So visit elegancebydesign.com to get your goodies today. All right. So, like I said earlier, we have a very special new guest to the group this evening, and her name is Rochelle Smith. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her so that we can have a real good conversation, you guys. All right. So, Rochelle Smith is a certified financial planner professional media finance expert and author. She is the founder of AMES Financial Solutions, LLC, where she offers a variety of financial services to help individuals transition from financial chaos and clutter to financial independence and freedom. She believes that everyone should have the opportunity to Opportunity to live the life that they desire, which she defines as true financial flexibility. She is the author of Seven Things Every Woman Should Know to Become Financially Independent, which is sold exclusively on Amazon.com. And her ebook addresses the essentials that are necessary to build a successful financial plan. She is also no stranger to radio, as she is the current finance expert for Orlando's NBC affiliate WESH2CW18 and stellar award winner WOKB1680AM. To radio,
5: let's welcome Rochelle Smith. How are you doing, honey? I am very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.
2: Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> wait I
4: gotta say that in my in my, uh, my other voice hey Rochelle how you doing oh uh-huh. yeah that voice <laughs> how you doing <laughs>
2: I'm good now
4: let me stop let me stop if I get in trouble yeah, yeah.
2: please
5: <laughs> get out of my inbox
2: quick. Get out my inbox. <laughs> okay, so we're going to save real quick and uh, get, on to, get on to the topic. Um,
0: we joke all the time about, uh Rochelle, you don't know, I'm married. I am the only married host on the panel right now, and we often Uh-oh. joke about uh the length of time I have been married. They say I've been forever married, which is true, um, but particular topic brought Gave me feels because I'm excited for it. Um, One, because I've experienced it. And two, because I don't think those who have not been married get it in its true entirety and how deep rooted this particular subject can be. Um, For those of you guys who haven't followed up on, uh, we are discussing Arguing about finances within a marriage. <laughs> this is a real thing. <laughs> and it is not something that you just see like on Roseanne, where they're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. on the This is a big mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> I'm real excited for this talk. And get a pen and paper if you are married, if you are not, if you ever want to be, if you know married people, take the notes. Because I think you're going to get yes. something good. Yes. Please Can take wait, the wait. notes. Take the notes
5: because this take is going to the- save you a lot of fighting. This is gonna save you from a lot of money fights. This is gonna save a lot of marriages because if we look at uh, statistics and what experts say, the majority of divorces, one of the biggest factor in the majority of divorces is money fights. So um, there was a research done by Kansas State University a while back and they looked at all of the different uh, things that people fight about or get divorces about and it shows that people can get over infidelity quicker than they can get over money fights.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Is that cray cray or what? It is. <laughs>
2: it's
5: very, very crazy. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be that way. I think that um, we just kind of went wrong somewhere when it comes to marriage. And I'm speaking on my myself as well. Um, you know, there for one thing, there has been a shift when it comes to finances. So, in the past, like in grandma's past and great grandma's past, uh, the man truly was the head of the household, and he was the head of the household all around financially. Um, you know, he took everybody to church and you know, said what was going to be for dinner and, and all that kind of stuff, but. Obviously, there has been a shift, and women are playing a greater role. And so how we play that role is important because sometimes we get a little bossy with it, right? So if we make the most money, we bark a little bit louder. And I think that uh, we've kind of moved in a direction where uh, women make more income and you know, we may may not even be bossy with it, but for men, there is a power struggle. And I know some men will not admit that, and I'll pause because maybe there's someone in your studio that will want to say something about that. (laughs) Um, Men don't want to admit that, but it could be a power struggle. (laughs) True. So what I would say is, Before we even get to the marriage, let's kind of back up to dating because before we even walk down the aisle, let's talk about dating and how, you know, when things should come up as far as, you know, money and credit and all those things when you're starting to get really serious. So obviously when you're dating someone, you're not going to talk about money uh, problems or money, bad money habits on the first date, you're not going to ask to pull someone's credit report on the second date, (laughs) but down the line, those things should actually happen, and they should happen because you want to know what you're walking into, and you want to know if it's a deal breaker. Now, I know that, you know, you should not, people will say that, you know, you don't marry for money or just because someone is doing bad. but you do want to know that what a person habits are you do want to know that if you go into a relationship if you're going to be able to buy a house or a car or whatever the case may be so the first thing is as you are dating someone you want to kind of look at take note of what their money habits are as you are dating and then as you all get a little more serious and you start talking about um dating you know companionship long term or moving together as the old people used to say, shacking up or whatever the case may be. You want to have a conversation about a person's job. You know, how long have they been at a job? You you know, if they are job hoppers, that's not gonna work for you. Especially if you're going to, you know, live together and move into a home or whatever. Hopping from a job work. Mm-hmm. You wanna make sure that Um, that their credit is where it needs to be. Not saying that it's a deal breaker because, you know, people have student loans, medical bills, things happen. But you want to make sure that if that is the case, that you all kind of have a plan about how that's going to be worked out because there are things that you are going to want to probably buy together. You want to make sure that everybody's credit is right.
6: You also Mm -hmm. want to
5: talk about, Income. Um, Again, I I mentioned there could very well be some power struggles. And as a financial planner, I've dealt with couples who have had those power struggles. It may be that the woman makes more than the man. And for him, for some men, that's, um, they ego trip off of that. There's, you know, they just Mm -hmm. have an issue with that. They're like, you know, my name ain't on nothing, or, you know, I can't get anything, or you do this and you do that, it can be a problem. So you have to understand how, uh, as a couple, you're going to deal with those things before you walk down the aisle. So that's that's
6: just part one.
5: Once you, you know, plan a wedding and get married and all those things, all of that comes into play when you're looking at how a person handles money. Because if you really are – Um, you know, kind of broke as a joke and you haven't saved for a wedding, but you want to have a big, glamorous wedding, what does that say about you? Does that say you spend more than you have, or does that say you're a show-off, or does that say you're trying to please other people? Like, what does that say about you?
2: And that has
5: actually nothing to do with money. It's more about your personality or even how you feel about yourself.
0: Oh, I have a comment that just came through as you said that as far as being feeling about yourself. So one of our listeners, Brandon, says in in response to your comment, um, I don't believe it's a power struggle as much as a purpose struggle for men. We, most men, are raised to provide and protect. If we cannot see where we are required in a woman's life, our purpose is challenged and we're forced to adapt to a new purpose.
5: I I would agree with that. I I like the idea of it being a purpose struggle. I mean, I like that, you know, that term. I don't think that a lot of people are using that perhaps. This is something new, new type of way we might need to talk about it. The way that we talk about it today is power struggle. And Mm. perhaps those are, you know, one in the, maybe it's not one in the same. We're not saying exactly the same term, but the result. Or the problem or the issue is the same. Mhm, mm-hmm. I I can see that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can agree. Yep. Uh, so so here's what we want to do, and this is where we want to take notes. The first thing mm-hmm. that couples need to do is they need to set goals. It's I know it sounds cliche, but Believe it or not, we don't all have the same goals. Couples do not all have the same goals. You need to have maybe one person has their goals, the other person has their goals, and then there are joint goals. Somebody, Someone may want to go back to school to get another degree. The other person may have as many degrees as they're going to get, and they're never going to want to go back to school. Those are the kind of individual goals that people have to agree on. But jointly, they may say, but we want to make sure that we put, you know, $5,000 in an emergency fund. That's a joint goal. We want to make sure that, you know, we save money to purchase a home. That's a joint goal. We want to make sure that each other's IRA accounts are funded, fully funded. That's another goal that we don't talk about right? Mm -hmm. And that's because we don't typically have a person to come in to help us with that. So in my opinion, everybody needs a financial planner. Not everybody knows that. Not everybody believes that. But I always say, if you are sick, you go to the doctor. If you Mm -hmm. sue somebody or somebody sues you, you go to a lawyer. Why then on God's green earth, when we know that our finances are jacked up and they've been jacked up for like a million years, why don't we all have a financial planner? Right. I believe that everybody deserves a financial planner. It doesn't mean that you have to um, have a financial planner do everything for you, but sometimes you need an objective opinion and you need objective advice to help you move forward, right? So an outside person, a financial planner is supposed to be a fiduciary, which means they they put your interests before theirs. And what they're supposed to do is look at your financial situation objectively as a couple and try to help you come up with some common goals. And, of course, like I said, there's some individual goals and help you um, accomplish those goals. We don't love your homes. We're not attached to your homes. We're not attached to your car. So we get to take the emotions out of the financial plan and give you objective advice that everybody can agree on. As a so couple, question. it's hard to do that. So
0: question. You Earlier, you before we go forward, because you're giving us some really good info, um, you asked or you said that this is the one thing you know when you need doctor you go when you you know when you have when you're broke why not have a financial planner and I was joking when I said this but I think that it's kind of a real thing financial planners cost more money so how would you go about addressing those things before you're at that stage of paying someone else to do that what what, what would you suggest um, a person who's in that stage do.
5: So there are, are different levels of financial planners um, as far as as money is concerned. There are people out there, I think it's called GuideWell or something like that. Um, someone may be able to do GuideWell. They may help you with some general financial advice, and um, I think they may be complimentary or free or something of that nature but um, what I tell people is it in the end it's going to cost you more not to have a financial planner so if you think about it if you sit there and you think and you struggle through your finances for 5 years for 10 years or 12 years and then you are you know 43 and you're like you know what I have worked all my life and I don't have anything to show for it Well, if you rewind back to when you were 30, if you had had a financial planner to guide you along the way to give you some tools, some steps, some resources, then
1: you may not
5: be 43 with nothing to show for it. And I always tell people, you have enough for a financial planner. Everybody that comes to me, every time I look at their spending and I put it in their software and I attach myself to, my, uh, to their financial website, you have money. You have money. Your money's just going in the wrong places. But you have money. And to say that you don't have enough for a financial or maybe you don't have enough for it today. It doesn't mean you're not going to have enough for it next week or the next month or, you know, a year from, from that time. You have to, like, just like if Beyonce and Jay-Z come to town, Everybody and their mamas going
2: <laughs> for those that, for
5: those that like them. They are going, and they are going to have a new outfit, and they are going to have their hair done, and they are going to partake in the whole thing.
2: So yeah. mm-hmm. when
5: people say they don't have, I listen, but I don't listen. I just say, this is what you know. My price is. This is what mm-hmm. I bring to the table. It's either a go or it's a no-go. And then a year or two years later, you're still in that same place.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: What does What's an average I think, cost? Of, I think one of the things that people uh, – I think some people are inflating the price. I mean, is mm-hmm. it – what does it really cost?
5: So it depends. Some financial planners charge hourly some charge um, monthly, some charge quarterly. So if you think about it, um, just like an attorney or a doctor or anyone else who has studied, who has worked hard, who has certifications and all those things, they're going to charge hourly. You're going to pay $150, 200 maybe $300, $400 per hour. It just depends on who that uh, financial planners? who their target market is. So some people, they just have a niche for doctors. And if that is their niche, then we know that they are not going to be cheap. And you probably don't even want to give them a call unless they're doing some, some sort of um, program or doing something maybe pro bono. But if they charge hourly, I don't see any financial planner that's, kind of just, you know, 50, 60, 70. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. For a certified financial planner, let me make sure I say that. Um, for them to charge you monthly, you're going to be on a monthly retainer. They can charge you know two hundred dollars a month, three hundred dollars a month. And if you think about it, what is three hundred divided by thirty? Ten dollars, right? Mhm. You're paying ten dollars a day for someone to help you change your life. That's how I look at it. Okay. If it's okay. 200 a month, if it's 200 a month, or whatever the case may be, I look at it, it's the cost of your lunch for that day. Okay. All right. And then some people charge a flat fee, and if they charge a flat fee, then it, you know, depends on how complex your financial planning is. So if you're someone who's just kind of starting out, you just got a job, you just want to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's, then you're not going to be charged as much as somebody who has a, you know, half a million dollar portfolio with four houses, two boats, three kids, and a wife.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Your money a little different. <laughs>
5: your money's a little different. It's a little <laughs> more complex. Your situation is a little more complex. Yeah, so it also depends on what your situation is. And then mm-hmm. you have people like myself. Um, so my target market when I came from Charles Schwab was to help minorities and women. And So I understand that actually I'm on the lower end of the cost because of my target market.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
6: So I have right, I like a I'm trying to get in from my live. Uh mm-hmm. for
2: Ms.
6: Um, yes. the first Um is and I think it's a uh, for a single person, um, she's asking where where would you start uh, in order to get a plan? I guess where would they where would you start? Um, did you just Google it? or um, is there something you need to you know, get prepared for.
5: I didn't. I didn't uh, hear the first part of the question. Where would you start with what?
6: Where would you? Uh, she says, "What is a, re- a recommendation to get started before meeting with the planner? Um, like, what are so, the steps you take to know when you need?" To yeah. So yeah. So most
5: planners' initial consultations are complimentary. So they'll give you, um, like, my initial consultation is like a 15 or 20-minute complimentary consultation just to see um, what your issues are, to tell you a little bit about me, to see if we will even match, to kind of talk about what we can do. Um, You can always Google, um, you know, financial planners. You can go to CFP. Um, .net, and that is all. it's gonna be all certified financial planners on there. Um, there is also a network called XYPN, that's Generation X, that's Generation Y Planning Network, um, XYPN, and you can kind of narrow down your search to see if there is a um, certified financial planner that has some of your same background. So a lot of times if people go to that network and let's say they're divorced, um, or they're a single parent or they're entrepreneur, they're gonna be people that they that have that similar background that they can kind of match up to. Some people prefer someone that looks like them. You can see who, you know, what they look like. Is it an African-American female? Um, Have they been in the military? Because some people just focus on military. So there are different organizations, but XYPN is good. Um, It's a certified financial planner board, which is CFP. That's a good place to look as well. Um, And then there's a group called Quad A, -A Q-U-A-D-A, and that group is all African-American financial planners.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Advisors. Uh,
6: then I had a question. Um, this is of one of the co-hosts. So mm-hmm. at the beginning of um, your point, we uh, were talking about couples and planning. When, when in the stage of dating should you bring in? I don't think we talked about the time. Should you even bring in? Um, financial questions? Should it, you know, should you wait till it's up something serious? Should you wait until there's talks about marriage? Like, when do you think that is an appropriate time to bring that up?
5: So that is, um, it's objective, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to kind of think about where this relationship, you know, where's this relationship going? Uh, you know, like I said, you're not going to pull somebody's credit report on the second date or probably not even the third or whatever. But if you see where you all are getting serious, where, you know, it's it's going more long term and that there is going to be some sort of shift, and that shift could be, okay, we're going to be exclusive, or that shift could be we're kind of looking at I'm going to move, you know, to the city that you're in, or... Um, you know, we're starting with the I, the Google eyes and I love you. Those are
2: times where
5: we want to pump the brakes and start having those convers start having those conversations. So I can't say, you know, it's the fourth date or fifth date because I don't know how serious your your dates are. If um, mm-hmm. these are, you know, lamb, bam, thank you, ma'am, then you're never going to have those conversations, right? <laughs> but if it starts to be more than that and you are, you know, moving forward to uh, what what everybody agrees is a next level, then you've got to have that conversation.
1: Yeah.
5: Okay.
2: That's very important. Extremely important.
5: Yes, Um, extremely important.
0: (laughs) Um, And that's also something I think we've got to impress upon um, younger couples. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, one thing to say, wait. But a whole other thing, when you've got young love happening, um, we still need to have those, you know, uh, really, way force those conversations—not in an intrusive way, but in a "you need to figure this thing out" type of thing. Yeah, you know, have a yeah. real, real, honest kind of conversation because this is—I think—finances, and I know this is back
2: it up. Finances
0: are one of the main forces that cause this type of, you know, long-standing. Friction, you know? so if, if you're already ill-equipped, if you're already young and haven't experienced a whole lot. Make sure your young folks know about this. <laughs> Make sure yeah, they and know. It's a, um, it's a,
5: you know, it's a killer as far as relationships. It's, it really is a killer as far as relationships are concerned because some people are, um, you know, spenders, and they just always been spenders. Some people are savers. If you get a big spender and somebody who's really, really tight with their money, they're really a saver, that gets a little tricky. So I always suggest money dates. So for those who've been married, even for a long time or, you know, because finances, once you're married for a long time, finances start to slip away from you. Uh, you've got to have a money date. Like you got to have a money date. It can be once a quarter. It can be once a month. It can be as often as you all agree. And here's why. So let's just say you all are struggling. Um, You know, maybe mom is out of a job, dad is working, and the light bill needs to be paid. He walks in the door after a long, hard, stressful day. You've had a hard day at home with the kids, and you bring up the light bill. That's not going to go well. Mm -hmm. It's just not a good conversation to have. Everybody's mad, everybody's tired, everybody's annoyed, everybody's frustrated, but we got to talk about this bill. It's very difficult to bring up finances at the wrong time. So if you have a date, let's just say we're going to meet, you know, the third Friday of every month at 7 o'clock and we're going to meet at the kitchen table, or we're going to go wherever and meet and talk about money. Everybody knows what we're going to talk about that day. We we know that this is the day that we're, and this is the time, and this is the place where we're going to talk about money. So nobody has an attitude. Nobody is surprised. Nobody is confused about what the conversation is going to be about. We're going to have a money day. It's set in stone. This is what we're going to talk about. That is going to go a whole lot better than just springing something on somebody when they walk yeah. through the door from a long, hard day. I love it. Money dates. Like money dates. I like that. Money
0: dates are dope. <laughs> I
5: was playing a money money dates. Date. action yeah, item. Money
0: dates. Playing a money
5: date and, with you. Yeah, money <laughs> dates. And the other thing with money dates, um, you let people bring – the table their power or their strength, right? So if your strength is that you are the one who's organized, then maybe you kind of set the agenda. Maybe you're the one that keeps the spreadsheets. Maybe you're the one that, you know, keeps track of the bank accounts because that's what you're good at. So you bring your strength to the table. If you know that you forget about the light bill and you pay it at the last minute, that that's not your thing. Don't that's not what you bring to the table, but we know automatically that hey, this partner is going to do this because that's their strength. My strength is if you give me a number and you tell me what the number is, I'm gonna bring you that number, and that's what men are good at, and that's what I've learned the hard way. Men, a lot of times, want a number. What number? ma'am do you want me to bring to the table because that's what's in my head so you tell me I need 1200 that's what I'm focused on just give me my number mm-hmm. plain and ma'am. simple men are real cool like that just give me what's my number and when I do I need my number
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I agree completely alright ma'am you put it on that, that ma'am just that right on there. What number do you mean, ma'am? I love that. Yes. Um, yes. so with that being said, I would like for you to definitely share how our listeners um can continue to follow up with you, get more of your information, possibly reach out if they want to um inquire about your services. How can we follow you?
6: Sure. So
5: First of all, I would love for you all to follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I'm at Richelle Smith, R-E-S-H-E-L-L Smith, for all of those. Um, you can also contact me through my website, RochelleSmith.com. if you just click on contact. You can ask questions. You can, you know, ask for an initial consultation. Like I said, my initial consultations are complimentary. They're free. Um, If you want to send an email, you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at RochelleSmith.com. If you contact me on the website, you'll also be added to my email list. And I do send out emails, and my emails are are not (laughs) spam. So I (laughs) probably won't even email you every day, maybe once a week. It may even be um, spread out. I do send out emails when it's time, you know, talking about things in the stock market. Um, I send out emails, you know, do you have this on your bank account? So it's usually stuff that's that's useful. Um, And Mm -hmm. helpful, I don't just send out, you know, spammy types of emails. And the last thing that you can do, and the great thing that you can do, is go to Amazon and order my book. It is a woman's work. It is for smart men as well. It's not just for women.
1: It's Mm -hmm. uh,
5: a woman's work, Seven Key Essentials to Financial Independence. Um, I had an e-book, and I turned it into a book. But it gives you the basics. It gives you the foundation for your finances. Because if you don't have the basics, if you don't have the foundation, then you are not giving yourself um, a good, high probability of being successful when it comes to managing your finances.
4: All right. That's what's up. Thank you, All ma'am. I right. appreciate you coming on tonight. And we gotta definitely finish because I know you have more. So we we'll have to have you back soon so we can uh, we can finish these tips that you got because I know you have more.
5: Oh, you know my brain goes and goes. <laughs> <laughs> it goes and goes. So thank you all for having me, and um, I look forward to coming back on. All right, thank you. Thank you. Okay, good night. Good night. All
4: right, y'all, we're going to go ahead and skip our song so that way we give the fire starter plenty of time because we only yeah. have 20 minutes in the show. So I want to give her her time. And I told her already to take her time and don't rush. So, Q, All go right. ahead. We're going to skip it, right. our song. Q, you go. You you go. Okay, very okay. good. Very
0: good. Um, um, because I want to get every bit of this segment, I'm going to say, uh, passion. Talk with the fire starter is about to be ablaze based on the topic alone
2: because she don't get to keep with y'all.
0: Like, she keeps it real, real, you know. Michelle Obama around these parts, but we're about to get, we're about to get back from the fire started tonight, and I'm excited for that, alright, so, Cicely is going to bring us sexual turn-off and turn on of women, and y'all, did y'all see her little couple, she got her legs out, y'all. she got the meams out looking women yeah. and all women
2: alright,
0: so. No comment. <laughs> so come on, Cicely, bring us the fire, honey, without further ado, we we'll break the show.
8: How you doing, Miss Cicely? <laughs> hey, Pooh! Hey, 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 my yeah. squad. What's going on? What's going on? What up, um, nation? This is your girl, Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Fashion International. My business tree is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered, encourage confident, and communication. I'm a certified professional coach and counselor as well, you guys. I am the queen of empowerment, and I set people's lives on fire for a living. That's why they call me. The fire started. Welcome to Passion Talk, where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press it to your personal power. You, you got me tickled over here, child. Thank you.
2: Now,
8: she's she right about it, child. She is right about it. I'll be real, straight, and narrow with y'all. i think you. would not? For Valentine's Day edition, i do something for the lovers. It's rude to our nipples, okay? And again, well-endowed women who are prone to have larger areolas than than others, we don't want to mistake our breasts for radio knobs, okay? Our nipples for radio knobs is twisting and turning them like you're looking for a right channel, okay, on V103. No, you need to be sensitive to these beauties. You need to be gentle and you need to be respectful. Now let me say here that this will vary from woman to woman, okay? Because, okay, I'm going to say some other woman might like a little bite every now and again, all right? That's all I'm going to say right there. Now, man... Who have sloppy sex, okay? We don't appreciate men who have sloppy sex. Who are these men? These are messy men. They're imprecise. They're insensitive. They're self-indulgent. They're just gross, okay? His movement, his technique, his rhythm, it's all off, okay? You are in error in the 10th degree, okay? And this is the interesting thing, that most of these men really think that they're wonderful lovers. Yes, they do. They really think that they are putting it down, okay? So we don't appreciate men. men. Men who have sloppy sex. Okay, let's go to men who are bad kissers. All right, bad kissers are who are the worst. All right, Uh, the the doctor calls them some rotor rooter men, some lizard men. Let me tell you about the lizard man. Okay, let me tell you that that long tongue will come in handy somewhere, but it's not to to reach my tonsils. Okay, so I just want you to know. All right, you don't have to do all of that when trying to kiss. Okay, the blubber lips. Just lift everywhere, all right? That's beautiful that you have large hips, honey. Lift, but don't be uh, swallowing my face up when you're trying to kiss me. The jungle mouth. The jungle mouth is a noisy man. Just making all kinds of smacking sounds and stuff like that. Because you yourself, all right, with the kissing. But the worst kisser of all is the man who doesn't kiss you. I must agree with her there. The man who doesn't kiss you at all. If you don't want to kiss me, that's the biggest problem we got right there, okay? Because I'm just going to call you gay when you're gone, okay? So just, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're taking care of that. Now let's talk about men who are too rough, all right? Men who are too rough. Again, this may vary. Now, gentlemen. A guy's skin is thicker due to more testosterone that you have, okay? Therefore, a man's skin is less sensitive to the touch. So why do you need to know this? You need to know because we don't want you to touch a woman like it's a man, all right? Women are not men, okay? (laughs) So you may be putting too much pressure on this beautiful sensitive skin, and women are prone to have sensitive skin as well. But again, this may vary from woman to woman, okay? Some women look at a little rough, but right? smacking around, bouncing against the wall. I don't know what y'all but you know, that's what I've heard. Now, men with poor hygiene, we don't like this one either, okay? Oh. It's hard to make love to yeah. a man whose physical presence turns our senses off, okay? Listen, all right? What women hate men are untrimmed, jagged, dirty nails. Rough calluses on your hands, okay? I love we are a hardworking man, okay? Men and labor, I love it, okay? But we don't need to feel like we're being exfoliated when you're making love to us, all right? That's not good, okay? We don't want sweaty, smelly, and an unclean body, okay? Masculine is one thing, and filthy is a whole nother other, all right? We don't like dirty, smelly feet and socks. Now feet can be very erotic and sexy, okay, but they also can be very gross, all right, as we know. Women hate dirty clothes and underwear, all right? And my personal favorite, women hate bad breath and dirty teeth, all right. You need to make your mouth delicious. So that we want to kiss it, people. Listen. If I smell your breath before you even open your mouth, it
1: is a deal breaker. Oh,
8: All right, don't you ain't coming nowhere near me. Okay, now a rough beard. Okay, we're in a beard game. We love Winnie Winn's beard. Okay, he keeps his beard nice and trimmed and stuff. So keep your beard together if you're going to rock it, all right? Saving is a drag, as we know, but so is being scraped and scraped in the middle of sex, all right? Don't be coming near us with that rough beard, all right? And uh, yep. some, some women love the burly type as well. Now, men who are obsessed with how a woman looks, all right, constant criticism makes us feel scrutinized and devalued, man, and turned off sexually, all right? Guys who are most obsessed with a perfect-looking woman are typically the ones who look like crap themselves, so take it easy, all right? Men who judge a woman by her orgasm, this kind of pressure will prevent us from relaxing enough to even have an orgasm if we wanted to. So don't ask, listen, clearly, please listen. Don't ask (laughs) if we have come, honey, because if you can't tell that we have come, then you already got your answer, all right? Men who are pushy about wanting oral sex. Now, please hear me clear. Tips for getting a female woman more interested are, one, keep your genitalia clean. Two, okay, don't force yes. her head down towards your penis ever, gentlemen. Don't push her head down there. It makes her feel like you're going to give me some money when we're done, okay? And you better yeah. be if you're going to make me feel like a prostitute. Listen, women who are obsessed with their own, well, I'm sorry, men who are obsessed with their own sexual performance, all right? The techno man, okay, feels like work um, on, you feel like you're being worked on rather than being made love to, all right? So watch that. Outer space man in ecstasy on his own without you. You ain't even there, okay? You're just like a tool. And a circus man who wants a sexual contortionist, all right? We got to be careful for those, all right? So men who have sex with the TV on, it's just simply rude and insensitive, okay? It makes a woman feel secondary to the sexual experience. Please watch out for that. Men who want to have sex when they're drunk are high, all right? Ins- if you insist on getting high every time before sex, it make a woman feel like she's not enough, all right? So please be mindful. Men who don't take time to get a woman properly aroused. Gentlemen, okay. the outside of a vagina is not like a big inside-out It is not. It needs to be properly prepared, okay? Otherwise, pain may result. So just because a woman is lubricated don't mean she's ready. Hello. It doesn't mean she's turned on, okay? Being lubricated and turned on are two different things, all right? We need to be open before our intercourse feels good to us, all right? So please take note of that. Men who check out emotionally right after sex, we hate that. When you disconnect quickly, it hurts us, gentlemen, okay? We feel abandoned, all right? So please take time to hold us and kiss us gently just a minute or two. Don't take long. We'll be asleep soon. All right? So, okay, can you do that for us. Man, with gross personal habits, all right? We've talked about that. Gross personal habits. Loud burping, farting, picking your teeth, playing with your nose, eating like a slob, all of that, all right. Just just leave it, please, just leave it. Men who are obsessed with their own bodies, all right? Is he doing this for you or is it for him? All right. A woman will should be obsessed with her body, okay, not yours. Sure. And one of my personal favorites, men who don't like to give women oral sex. Ooh, my Listen,
2: no.
8: Men may yeah. have a problem with this because they think kind of is dirty. Now, women, this is where I'm going to walk down your aisle, too. You make, make sure that your cooter, okay, is prepared and ready, okay? That just ain't right, all right? To be <laughs> nothing, a man now having fainting, okay, from smelling you. It ain't right. But the spirit, okay, in the act of oral sex, is a way to worship the essence of the woman you love the doctor says, okay? If you're worried about how she smells or tastes, okay, you've had a bad experience before with oral sex. You don't know what you're doing. Listen, it's probably best, okay, that you just steer clear, all right, until you fall in love with it, all right? Oral fix is an art that you need to fall in love with, okay? You can't just be half-stepping. You need to be fully engaged, okay? You need to be fully immersed in the act, all right? I'm going to move on. I'm going to leave that right there,
1: okay? And so, man, who treats
8: other people? Poorly, all right? We don't like that. And just men who don't love us all together. We can't stand that. That's a sexual turn off. If you can't feel that you love us, we don't want you touching us, okay? If you can't mm-hmm. feel uh, like letting us in your heart, we don't want to let you into our body. And there we go. Now, there are some things that do turn us on. I wasn't going to leave you hanging. Uh, here are some. Men who make love slowly. Number one, listen. Smart men go slow in bed, all right? A man who's patient in bed. Y'all ain't got nowhere to go. Y'all got all night. Who's tender, who's flowing, okay? Who will have a woman give herself to him, okay, as she's never given herself to another before. Men who talk to a woman in bed. Contrary to maybe some popular opinion, we do like the talking in bed, ladies. Our longing for you is to always be there, okay? Your words give us movement and allow us to rise in the form of sexual desire. We talked about bad kisses. Let's talk about the good ones, all right? Ned that our good kissers are beautiful, and they're not just good kisses in your mouth. They're good kisses all over. Can I say that, all right? Women love to be kissed everywhere, okay, gentlemen, everywhere, not just on the lips, but on all of our lips, and kisses Mm -hmm. awake, okay, our bodies, all right? Men who show women they love her with their eyes. You want to look at your wife as you make love to her. Look at your significant other. Let her see the desire in your eyes. Men who take the time to undress a woman slowly. If you go slow enough, you may find we become impatient, okay, to devour you and start ripping our clothes off ourselves, all right? Undressing her is a very big turn on. Now, men who know how to tease us with their touch, we like that. Women love this, all right? You've heard it said, okay, people don't like to tease. That's a lie. We do like to be teased, okay? In the beginning of lovemaking, direct stimulation is less arousing than teasing. Men who touch a woman's hair. Now, I know this might get kind of funny in the black culture, all right, but in general, okay, well, it's good for me and Q, we naturalistas, okay, so you can touch her hair. Hey, Kelly, 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 I think you can touch her hair, too. But touching her hair is affectionate I'm making love with her, okay? Um, and, and we like that, okay? It's an erogenous zone that you don't want to neglect, all right? So, so play with that hair a little bit. Again, we've talked about men who who probably don't do well with oral sex, and men who love to do oral sex, listen, you're second to none, baby. We love you, okay? Uh, When you adore that act, all right, when you act as an altar, okay, it's an altar for you, that is all right, okay? We want to keep you around. Men who let a woman know they want her in and out of bed. Pay attention. This is important. Primal and powerful in hearing the men we say, I want you, not just in bed but out of bed as well. Men who know how to draw out a woman sexually, all right? Each woman has her own special needs, and when they're met, allow her to be her most free sexual self. If you don't know them, please ask her, and she'll be happy to tell you. I know I am. Ladies mm-hmm. and me, you should know for yourself, too, what you like, okay? So explore, you know, yourself. Men who prepare themselves physically for lovemaking, taking a shower, changing your clothes, changing your drawers, your candles. Listen, your favorite playlist. You need not neglect the power of a playlist, gentlemen. This is important. Men who, lo- who make a woman feel like she is beautiful, that is everything to us, okay? Please make us feel that way. Men who love to give women massages, we love this. Do this with purpose of adoring her with your touch, not just as for a place you will feel your love, your heart, and soul flowing into her body. Men who caress and hold a woman's hand during lovemaking, oh, that is the best. If you he say, her, here I am, my love, I am with you, feel me loving you you okay it's like a partnership it's a teamwork make the dream work men who love to cuddle we almost done to women cuddling is not a non-sexual activity all right it's a fabulous form of foreplay men do not translate this as i'm not giving you none okay it's maybe maybe not okay but let's cuddle and find out women love men who love to cuddle all right Men who treat their partner as they did when they first met. I'm sure Q could appreciate this. It means not taking the woman you love for granted, even after many unteen years, right? Men who love, who make a woman feel she's the only one for them. That is everything, gentlemen. Men who believe being loved by a woman makes everything else worthwhile. This is what a woman wants and loves. And men who let her know that she does this for you is content. And finally, men who love us, all right? It's in the heart, not the body. And that's the source of all true passion. My God. I want to give y'all some juicy stuff. And we're We're
2: We're we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're
8: done. I pray y'all have fun. I'm out of here. They gotta close the show. This is your girl. The fire yeah. started until next time. Staying purpose. staying power. staying passion. And stay on fire. I love y'all. And uh, yeah. Have fun. Everybody, say Peace.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, Kels Q. Y'all got anything? Nope. I'm a hug.
0: Nope. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
4: Have it. All right, y'all. So listen, good show tonight. Happy as, as uh, Cecily said, Happy Valentine's Day. Great show tonight. Thank you, Rochelle. Thank you, Kels. Thank you, Q, for everything. Y'all are the real deal. Uh, tonight was tonight's show was absolutely fantastic. So I appreciate it. Everybody who tuned in on our live, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, if you have, if you're watching this replay, uh, or if you're again, if you're watching period, make sure you hit the share button so we can continue. To grow and have these great conversations. Y'all have a really good night, and uh, as she said, have a really good uh, Valentine's Day if you are uh, if you booed up, and if you're not booed up, have a good one too. Um, and single, so uh, have a good day. We will be back next week for another great show. Um, so do not miss next week's Scoop Radio show. Y'all have a good night. Uh.
7: Killing
2: me, killing me, killing me. Kill me. Kill me. Kill me. Ah. <laughs> uh,
7: uh, I stretch like out like no. Gouda, Piranha, a Barracuda. That's who they biting back. That's yeah. like a pit with no muzzle. Disregard all that hate and that's why these look puzzled. He bulletproof in the club, outside leaking and puddle. now 900 proof. Take a shout for the struggle. Pour some liquor for doggy. Pour a shot off for proof. Illustrated and demonstrated these lyrics. Clarified, you think he'll He got some hard he testify Telling you and your mans How you moving them grams No, Pastor Troy, we doing numbers Call that Billy Graham They're infected with fake cuffs they moving that spell. Got the helm and the chicken Got the in the kitchen Watching pots and the dishes Don't see the mission Until they suck in submission Power moves the position Autopilot on this Intuition efficient. fishing Jim Brown, not Chris I'm in Virginia with this Work, 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 work I'm throwing singles, strip club raining, Hurricane Katrina We ain't maxed out, we stay platinum like these, your ball she